Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is time for the Tennessee Power Hour on OutKick 360 alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. David Reed is the chairman of the board. Lance Lee and Jakob Swanson make the show happen for us. We haven't checked in on uh, the, the crew uh, down the hall uh, with uh, Emma and Becca and Sleepy Dan, but I, I'm told that, uh, that Danny is up to his, his napping ways, guys. I'm, I'm told that that continues. Well, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, we need to take uh, Emma Slumbered and in. that crew out to, to for drinks at the very least for all they do for us. If we were going to do oh, anything here, here's for the Dan, we'd get him so a blanket. For those that didn't join us yesterday, we, we caught Danny napping on the job. He's not invited. Uh, and then this was yesterday on the couch right next to uh, the work area there. It looks so peaceful. Uh, it also looks painful the way that leg is dragging down on the ground. That could lead to like a <laughs> leg asleep type scenario. Well, you know, there, there are like pods now, well, pre-COVID. I think we had a topic on this. Yeah, there, sleep There pods. were employers. Google was big on this. There, yes, there were employers who were installing sleep pods so, you know, their, their kids who they were hiring straight out of college could go nap. I've got a message for Sleepy Dan. <laughs> All right. Wakey, wakey! <laughs> <laughs> Your eardrums are welcome after that, if does, you're listening. Does it go by Daniel, Danny, or Dan? Don't care. Is we'll it? call him whatever we like. Dan. <laughs> we'll call I him Dan. Danny boy. Oh. Danny boy. Okay. Yeah. Danny boy. Danny slumber. I mean, da I, listen, I'd give a guy, uh, anybody with the company, anybody anywhere. I've always been big on this. If he wants to be called Muhammad Ali, we'll call him Muhammad <laughs> Ali. But not if you're asleep. Put that photo back asleep, up. If you're asleep, I'll call mind. you whatever here, I want. Here is uh, the, the sleeping on the couch. I mean, the couch is there for Dan. How is I mean, he employed? Old Danny Slumber. Yeah, apparently he does great work. Again, I, I said yesterday. <laughs> great work. Hey, I said yesterday, it, it takes Look, it, it if takes he's, some sack to show up to work um, and and then take a nap at work. You must be doing a great job for for the, the work to get done and for your abilities to stay up all night and do whatever you're doing. I don't think if the work's and get work done. If you I don't think so, the work's getting done. If you were so productive that that photo right there is the result of your productivity, <laughs> then you can stay. Then you can continue working. I, I'm getting different in, indications different about the productivity. Yeah. Well, Either Facebook way. is back up and running today. Yeah, he didn't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. By the way, we will uh, have phones available at some point. But in the meantime, we're going to show you a picture right now of why we don't have phones uh, available to call in oh, the show. Oh, yes, here yeah. it is. Here's and, our reason. Uh, the, the reason behind yeah. it is, is this right here. Yeah. It's Danny Danny's running the call center. On the couch. Uh, yeah. Danny's at the call center right now. So if you're calling into the show, this is why you're not getting through. Yeah. Danny is in the middle of his uh, daily siesta. So we once had a show intern. It's very European. We once had a show intern. Jacob's got something for us. Napped on the job and got so upset with us that he quit. Hopefully, uh, Danny isn't the same way. No, Jacob, I'd be okay. With Jacob, it. your thoughts. Well, Danny just jumped in on the YouTube comments here. Oh, did he? What's okay. he have to say? Is he our new David? David? He says, "Sleepy Dan works for me." Oh, okay, Sleepy good. Dan. Okay, Sleepy Dan. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna call you something else. Then. <laughs> well, he's awake. 
I don't care. He's Danny, been asleep. Danny, the what's going on with the glasses here? Danny's away. I thought he was reading. Was that just a quick? Reading. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if that was like a new thing that you were trying out. No, like, when I read, I put okay. them on, and when I don't read, I didn't I put them on. Just the way they were up on the head. What was different about them? Are they new? They were kind of up up top. Well, I rotate between a couple different. No, they're fine. No, I, I didn't I see them on. Well, I was the just glasses curious. are front, fine. I'm saying he had it in an angle, probably just got hung up on the, the dome. Might have. You had it in oh, an angle that was different. Than they were up here. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes uh, when you're reading. Well, so, well, it was a tribute to Sleepy neck, Daniel. His neck is stuck that way from working in the car all night. Yeah, yes. yeah. I've got, yeah, leave me alone. I've got a lot of <laughs> angle issues. Paul from actually deserves a office. <laughs> from my home office. Paul deserves <laughs> a nap. Is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Paul, you're very jealous of Sleepy Daniel. In my original home office. Sleepy Daniel, I'm calling it. Sleepy Daniel. Exhausted Daniel. <laughs> Instead of the exalted, he's the exhausted. Yes. Yeah, he's Daniel not exalted the exhausted. by me. You guys are far too easy on him. Um, was look again. If if Lance and and Jakob sign off on the guy, then that's they, all. I don't have they I signed off on the guy. I, I missed I that. I must have been out of the room. Silence is deafening from these guys. <laughs> the Every room. time we ask them to sign off, I mean, I did no, go like, to the bathroom. We like him. He's okay. He's good. As you can see here, let yeah. me bring this up for you. Go ahead. As you can see, he does have an earbud in, so he may be at least uh, partially. What do we think working. he's listening to? Yeah. Is he listening to the same music that Jakob would be listening to? He's listening to white noise. It's Enya for sure. Big <laughs> 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 oh. into Scandinavian artists right now is what I hear. Yeah, about working his way band. through all of the Scandinavian countries. Um, Chad Huntley Hatfield yeah, is someone, official at Tennessee. Someone who may need a nap is Rick Barnes uh, from all the recruiting that's being done. Ageism. <laughs> no, as you can see, you don't have to be old to take a nap. A sleepy Dan has showed us. They get paid for it. So Rick Barnes in Tennessee, this is twice this week now. They picked up a big-time big man. Jonas I do earlier this week from Charlotte, North Carolina, a top 100 player. And now Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who was a class of 2022 player, top 10 nationally, I think fifth nationally in 2022, five-star. He reclassifies to 2021, so he'll join Tennessee this fall, and uh, he's 19th ranked in 2021. So they had to re-rank him for this class because he reclassified, and he's still a five-star, 19th overall player. Great player, uh, ready-made sort of college basketball body on him. Hard Jonas not Idu, to be with that size. Yeah, Jonas Idu, though, is seven foot, and he's you know 210 pounds and just very, very thin and needs to add some weight. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield looks like he's ready to come in and uh, this is going to be one of those things where it's, is it Hatfield, Huntley, or Huntley, Hatfield? I'm going to go back and forth. Huntley Hatfield comes in. Double he's going to be ready to play. Um, you want to talk about transfer, not just – with Tennessee, it's not transfer rule. Guys are transferring out. They've only brought in one transfer in Justin Powell. But with the recruiting class coming in, this is a completely reworked roster. Mm-hmm. Outside, really, of Josiah Jordan-James. Is it seven new players? There's, yes, there's going to be eight guys are moving out, and some graduate. You know, East Pond's right, leaving, right, right. two guys leaving early. Uh, I think there's four transfers out, so seven. And then the freshman they're bringing, there's now a class of four. This will vault Tennessee into the top five for sure of recruiting classes. They were, I saw the very early preseason polls, they were outside the top 25 in a few. I think with these additions, they'll be top 15 we had nationally in most every poll. You shared one scouting report description <laughs> that we'd never come across before, football or basketball, and I, that we, we were fascinated we by were that joking. I think deserves on-air discussion. We were laughing before the show about Huntley Hatfield because uh, we, there was a description for Brandon. We weren't sure if it was a compliment or uh, you know, a, a 
a cut down. I think it was intended compliment. It's a, you know, all these scouting reports are yes. generally. Well, it's from our buddy uh, uh, Jerry Meyer here in Nashville, uh, son of legendary former Lipscomb head coach Don Meyer, college basketball legend. Uh, this is the uh, this is the scouting report from Jerry Meyer, who does this for twenty four seven Sports. Does a very good job. I just love reading yeah. scouting reports sometimes, but this is what he had to say about Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Has a quintessential power forward body with length, strength, and density. Power-based athlete, high-level body control for a player his size, can score from all three levels, very comfortable with the ball, has functional ball handling skills that produce buckets and scoring range, can get a basket efficiently, loves to go left as a righty. His ability to dominate his area as a rebounder, improving as a defender, is a proper area of focus. The word that struck us was... Density. density. That's a that's a new one to describe an athlete. High level density. <laughs> and we're not thinking so if he's that, got that good that density. If, if you're if you're visual, trying to visualize these players, if he's got great density, Jonas Idu does not does have not. that density. He is light as a feather at seven feet tall, but skilled. You know, he's not. He's a guy who can step out and shoot threes at seven feet tall. He's got good game with his left and right hand. Decent ball handler for a guy that's like, just got to get bigger. Huntley Hatfield is more of your. Um, He's someone that was looking at comps of him. Julius Randle was one that came to mind when he was at Kentucky. A powerful, power-based player. Can shoot the mid-range jump shot, too. He's going to wear number two, Very Grant dense. Williams' number at Tennessee, uh, in oh, what, yeah. what we assume will be his one year in Knoxville because he's probably a one-and-done player. I think this will begin me asking each time you bring up uh, somebody heading to Knoxville, how is his density? Yes. Football, basketball. Is he dense or does he show great density? We should get Jerry Meyer. Once uh, Sleepy Dan gets the phones working, we'll get Jerry Meyer on the, on the line and just ask if the athlete has density or not. Is it possible, uh, because uh, what, what we have learned here is that Outkick has spared no expense on the number of cameras that we have here at Blackbird Academy and Blackbird Studio. We have five cameras in here. Um, is it possible to get a sixth camera just stationed at Sleepy Dan's desk in his workspace. I don't even know if he's a if as as his employer, not us, but as his employer, are they allowed to say this is your desk or do they have to refer it refer to it as, you know, a workspace for Sleepy Dan? See, the problem with that hunt is bed. I think that it would Work be bed. it yeah. would be Sleepy Dan responsible for getting that camera hooked up. So it's a real variable as to whether or not it's ever going to get accomplished, right? Well, I don't, again, we're, we're again, gonna, we're gonna I, have to rely on him to make this happen. I, I, the, the, the simple fact that he sleeps on the job uh, and remains employed today tells me he does a good job. I don't know. I don't know how else to to assume that he would do, be be a poor performer if if in fact he's been documented sleeping at the office twice and still receives a paycheck. Yeah, there's something you know. It's like the greater the talent. <laughs> the more tolerance you have for yeah, right, right. off-field behavior, or uh, right. if you're an actor, I mean, Pac-Man stuck around you get for a while. With things if you're really good at your job. <laughs> this seems a lot like Sleepy Dan. He's so talented yeah. and so good at his job that he's allowed to sleep on the job. I'm, I'm not going along with any of this. Paul's out. I'm not out. Paul's out. Out. We actually we do have a live feed of Danny right now. Okay. Good. Here is here is there he is. Here's the live feed. It's amazing. He seems to wear that same shirt and pants every single day. Yeah. That's a popular. Uh, he might keep. Was that a sweater? He might keep that sweater at the office. Do we think office. that couch is clean? <laughs> no, I would just put a black light on I've that seen, couch. <laughs> I've seen dirtier couches. Like, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I've seen about. some dirtier couches in my day. 
Hey, uh, <laughs> I've been kicked out of better homes than this. <laughs> Let's sneak in a quick Vanderbilt note here. Yeah. Uh, I was very impressed that very quickly after firing Stephanie White and very quietly, seemingly, they hired Shea Ralph as women's basketball coach over there. Women's? Women's yeah. basketball coach. Yep. Um, a long-time Gino Ar- Ariema assistant. Uh, that's a good hire to me. She's, she's been the uh, chief lieutenant for argu- inarguably the best uh, coach in the game for a long time. She took over for him when he was out with COVID um, and, and has seen the best caliber women's basketball uh, up close for 13 years in the co-pilot seat. That's a good hire. Well, it shows me that um, Candace Story Lee and Vanderbilt had that deal done before they fired yeah, Stephanie yeah. White. It's very quick, they had plenty very of time smart. since Stephanie White's team quit on the season. That's, that's what they did. They quit They also to make this move, so they did their due diligence. She had one year left, and they were not extending that. Yes. So the writing was on the wall. It was the, just, her contract, I think, ended around this time. Right, like I think that's part of it. Like no, whenever she, they, she was hired, she had a year left on her current. Oh, contract. had a year. Okay, White. yeah. You see what I'm saying? So they yeah. got it down to a year. They got it down to a year, and they were not going to extend the contract, which, which as we know in college sports, you extend the contract for recruiting purposes. Right, they didn't fall um, for that. Garbage. Yeah, they're not doing that. And then I, I think the, the stars aligned, so to speak, where. You're, you were you knew you were moving on. The question was, are you moving on now or a year from now? Yeah. And the coach came available that who was, likes and respects the program right, right. enough to come. And I think it should be a good program, right? It's been a a, a good while. It's been two coaches worth of it not being a good program. Yeah. It should but once be. upon yeah. a time I mean, Mel- it was Melanie a good Baldwin program. Had them, uh, you know, Sweet Sixteen level. Yeah. For a time, and too. Jim, Foster Jim Foster way back was. Jack, was can we tell terrific. the story of Melanie Balkum kicking you out of a Memorial Gym? Oh yeah, story time with Chad. Camera three, please. Thank <laughs> you. So, we would play in these pickup basketball games called the, the Lunch Bunch, and uh, Drew Maddox was a part of this. Various other local celebrities. <laughs> it was really a cornucopia of local Let's not celebrities, be rash. yourself included. Myself included. Okay. Me. Yeah, yourself. Yeah. Hutton, you were there. You Hutton, Hutton was I, there. I feel to see like all I was too. there. I've, I've heard this so many times. So, uh, one of those celebrities, Frank Wycheck, good friend of ours, good friend of the show, former Titans tight end, former talk show hooped. host, he hooped. Uh, and we met one day outside of the Memorial Gym to go to the lunch bunch and, and play a game. Now, we did not know at the time the lunch bunch was playing in the practice gym <laughs> of Memorial Gym. So, we went up into the Upper staunches, if you will, <laughs> of Memorial Gym. Way up top. Into the clouds. Right, way up top. And I think we're actually waiting on them to open the practice gym. So we're just waiting there to enter through the top of Memorial Gym. And we're watching uh, just a walkthrough practice for Vanderbilt women's team. And about five minutes in, maybe not even that, we're just sitting there talking very quietly, not interrupting anyone. And a student manager walks up to us, looks at myself and Frank Wycheck, and says, ah, guys, guys, um, Coach Balkum is asking you to leave. You can't, you can't be here. No one can be here right now. So me, at this time, I'm probably 24, 25. I just do as I'm told and get up and start to walk Very out. Very obedient. And Frank kind of played the, oh, oh, really? I mean, come on. Does she know who I am? You know, I'm big time here. That's all right. Big practice going on. I get it. All right, I'm out of here. So then we had to leave Dockage. the gym. Dockage. We got, yeah, with well, Dockage kind of bled in there. But so then we had to leave the gym because Melanie Balkum didn't want us watching a very important Walk practice that apparently we were around. taking notes on. Yeah, there was nothing uh, important going. I think they were practicing free throws at the time. Like they're all on different <laughs> j- goals, like you do in practice. Left here. All right. right, twenty free throws for everyone. They're over there practicing. You and out. Someone kicks us out. 
That's my interaction with Melody Balkan. How about you? Tell us of your interactions with Stephanie White. Uh, zero. I've had no interactions with Stephanie White. I actually was at, um, <laughs> there was a soft opening of Del Frisco's Grill in Nashville that I was invited to, and Stephanie <laughs> Chad, White was there. Chad loves a soft opening. Stephanie White was there getting free food <laughs> and, and drink from Del Frisco's Grill. As were you well, getting free food. I do like the hire, though, Paul, to, to, to follow up on what you said. I, it's a good I hire. I like that they went about it and they had their hire yeah. before. Yeah. You know, no before lists, no nothing. Yeah. An announcement of a hire. Boom. Which, that, that's a better way of describing it. That is why I read the tea leaves and think they were going to sit around for an extra right. year and let that contract expire, and because of this, they decided we got to make a move now. Well, it's similar to what Mickey Allen did at TSU, right? Yeah. News was over, told the coach, kept it quiet, and went about hiring Eddie George, you know, before all this was done. So that's, that, I mean, I, I like that when you can get, if you can go about it, covertly and get the yes from someone, then you make the move. I, I think Clark Lee, the the developments going on over there, building-wise, and, and yes, Shea Ralph, things are trending in a nice direction at Vanderbilt right now. I, I what about Jerry Stackhouse? Hard to, uh, well, Jerry Stackhouse was before the Candace Story Lee, right? He's yeah, a, yeah. He's Story Lee has not hesitated right. to fire hires that were made uh, I don't have her. a problem with him getting another year. But I'm not putting him in what's trending now since she took well, over. She deserves some credit right at now. At least over the him. last, what, week and a half, we've, we've seen He's Stackhouse. He's shown a pulse. Yeah, yeah, with the, the recruits. recruits. He's done more than block local media members in yeah. the last two years. He deserves more recruits. time. He, look, I don't know that I'm ever going to love him. Well, I don't like the way he carries himself necessarily. But I didn't like the way Kevin Stallings carried himself either, and I came to like him as a coach. I didn't love his sideline demeanor and all of that, but I did like the way well, they could run an inbounds play and get a damn shot. Here's the difference, though. Kevin Stallings had done light years more in coaching oh, before absolutely. he even got the Vandy job. Absolutely. I mean, Kevin Stallings was a hot coaching commodity when he was at Illinois State going to multiple NCAA tournaments while he was there. Uh, the, the issue I have with Jerry Stackhouse is uh, the guy from a coaching standpoint – was born on third and actually like hit a triple oh. to get there. You're not wrong. Because of who he played for. I, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't think that's the right mentality. But here's the thing. He has shown a pulse in recruiting lately. But I think Vanny needs to be top half of the league this next mm-hmm. year to show true development with that program in year three. They're going to have a tough time doing that because the two recruits they just landed are for next year. They're right. not going to help this upcoming year. If Scottie Pippen Jr. comes back, they got a good shot at doing that. If he doesn't, it's going to be difficult to yeah, get in the top half of the I don't want to hear him dangling what he has a year from now. Uh, you need to see forward progress. Well, if you're playing on the first night of the SEC tournament for three straight years that to start is, your tenure, that's, that's a sign. That's a problem. It's not good. Coming up, the Titans have plenty positions that require some addressing in the NFL draft, but they, they won't be able to address all their holes. So, the, the idea here is, as we come back and discuss the positions of need, which current positions of need have players at the top of the depth chart that are worth gambling on? An example of positions of need. We mentioned tight end yesterday with Ferkser. At safety with Amani Hooker. Kendall Lamb at right tackle. We'll discuss those positions and which guys we actually think you can gamble on for a year versus addressing early in this draft for impact-type performers. We'll discuss that and more straight ahead on OutKick 360. (music) 
Outkick 360 rolls on and the Tennessee Power Hour. Big shout out to Fox Sports Knoxville. If you're listening there, we appreciate that. You can find the link to Fox Sports Knoxville, to all of our podcasts, how to watch the show live, stream the show live. It's all linked through a link tree link that we have at the top of each of our Twitter handles, plus at Outkick360 on Twitter. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the website to turn to if you're a new user, if you're a current user, if you're looking to place a current bet on a game tonight or a parlay. FanDuel.com slash OK360. New users can bet up to $1,000 and get that back in a risk-free bet. Again, that's for new users. FanDuel.com slash OK360. We'll discuss maybe an all-in bet that we'll make coming up a bit later. But which positions of need for the Tennessee Titans? And there are several. We're going to go through the roster. Paul, what, what sparked this as a question, you were going through a draft guide recently. And it listed, you know, pass rush, corner, wide receiver, right tackle, safety. Like it went down, it, practically they named every position tight end. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and while I agree with the handful of those positions as high needs, the question is, which of those positions on the current roster as it shapes up right now on April the 15th, have a player at the top of the depth chart that you'd be willing to gamble on for a season? You'd be willing to say, you know what? This is a player that's on the rise. We have not reached the ceiling yet. He's going to provide a, a certain a certain level of play that we're going to be fine with for what we're going to ask of that group. Yeah, for me, it's right tackle. Now, look, a little bit of it's the, the huge buyer's remorse from last year, and I understand that Isaiah Wilson's a sunken cost, right? And you can't not do something at right tackle if they feel like they need to do something at right tackle because they did something at right tackle with Isaiah Wilson. But Kendall Lamb was a first-batch free agent. Mm -hmm. uh, got, I think, two years, 6.6 .6 or 6.8. Ty Sembrilo is is back and played back, effectively as a second left yep. tackle. Yep. Taylor Lewan is back, so he's the starting left tackle. Titans offensive line was very good last year. <clears throat> Dennis Kelly played well, but not quite as well as everybody's making it out to be. He still gets help, still you know, not a premier right tackle by any means. I don't like the Kendall Lamb signing, but then I listened to Greg Cosell talk about him in his visit with us. And what Greg Cosell said is, he's a good run blocker who played in a system very similar to what the Titans do in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. We know it's similar because uh, Conklin. Conklin went there and did the same thing he did healthy there that he did healthy here. So he said, Kendall Lamb can play for the Titans as a good run blocker. He'll benefit as a pass protector in the play action, which is good for a guy like this. And in drop back stuff, they'll help him which they did even with Conklin, right? So he's a cheap, a, a lesser Conklin. I'm not saying he's Conklin, okay? But they don't have to help left tackle anymore because Taylor Lewan's back. And so if you're helping your right tackle, look, the Titans have a first-round pick at left tackle. They have a very high-priced uh, free agent guy in Roger Saffold at left guard. Ben Jones is on a second contract who came in as a free agent at center. He's a reasonably high-priced center. Mm -hmm. Third-round pick at left guard. You're not going to have, I mean, at right, and, guard. at right guard. And you have a busted first-rounder already out at right tackle in Isaiah Wilson. How many resources are you going to spend on the <laughs> offensive line? You can't keep going. To me, you cannot spend one of even these first four picks in the top 100, but certainly not first or second round on a right tackle. 
Kendall Lamb's the guy. Ty is the is the backup alternative there. And then they also and have a guy they love, Questenberry. So you've got four tackles who can play on to the next but, thing, which is a long list. John Robinson, just based on loves, his history, has it. told us, based on his history, he has told us he's he, this on paper isn't good enough. No. Because they drafted Isaiah Wilson last year when they had Dennis Kelly, who, if we're having the conversation 12 months ago, we would be saying the same thing about. Well, I'd say Lamb is a younger uh, Kelly, maybe right, with more I'm, upside I'm saying, in their eyes. I'm, I'm saying abilities. Right. Here's here's my thing too that, that scares me. John Robinson loves uh, the description of Isaiah Wilson from last year, which was he was kind of kind of be a brute. Okay. The one offensive lineman I've seen the Titans attached to is from Oklahoma State. He attacked um, that balcony. Jenkins. <laughs> Jenkins was from reckless abandon. <laughs> And Jenkins from Oklahoma State is described a lot oh. like Isaiah Wilson oh. as this brute. He's a big. He doesn't weigh 350. He weighs 317. How was he on he's extra also point protection, six, six. to be fair? Yeah. Better than Isaiah Wilson? I haven't seen any film on the extra point protection. But he sounds a lot like his description as a, as a physical mauling type sounds a lot like Isaiah Wilson. Charlie Casserly says the Colts and the Titans are into Jenkins from Oklahoma State. And he said, for the Titans, it's a no-brainer. This guy is better than Jack, Jack Conklin was. Now, wow. Blake Bettingfield, our scout friend who writes for me, doesn't like Jenkins. So, take so he's that not I mean, I, this, he this may be very harsh it. based on one pick. But the pick was so awful that I don't, don't trust want him. to hear at all what the Titans <laughs> think about a right You now. don't trust them. <laughs> I put zero value. Put a in bubble there. around that, that whole organization. You tell me something about a right tackle. Poison. This is like me with betting. Uh, right now, I need to go against my own natural inclination of what to do. By the way, Braves losing two to nothing right now, about to be down worse and get swept in a four-game series. Did by you the, bet them? By the damn Miami Marlins, and yes, I bet big on them today on the money line. Anyway. Um, I feel the same way about the Titans' ability to pick a right tackle at this point. I don't care what the Titans think about it. I'm that one one pick. Um, I'm going the opposite way. I'm trying not to let it blind me. Um, Is there any hesitation in the answer that Kendall Lamb's the guy when they bring in Sam Brilo and try to act like there's going to be competition there between the two? uh, Look, when's the last time we saw actual competition? I know. I don't think we've seen an actual competition. Uh, You know, Nate Davis was going to compete with – uh, Douglas, but Douglas yeah, stunk, Douglas. Yeah, and the only terrible. reason he wound up there was because Nate Davis got hurt, which all the Titans' top picks do during training camp, pretty much. So, let, all right, so like right tackle is your answer my number for one betting answer. on the player. Can you say the same about Anthony Ferkser at tight end? Is he on the same confidence meter for you? I think I think he's a good player, but in terms of uh, of there being a hole there. There's a hole at two-way tight end. Now, maybe, and we discussed this the other day, maybe they play enough, uh, you know, other guys. 11 uh, personnel. 11 personnel. Maybe that fit them, though. Yeah, well, maybe the offense evolves, you know, yeah. in a different way. But I still think but we know Derek where the Henry, offense goes Derek Henry centered offense, you'd like a, t- a tight end out there. But, but, but maybe they it, go three wide enough, and maybe Darrington Evans is in the slot enough that yeah. you take away some of the need there, and a tight end who's out there just to block like Swaim can be out there just to block like Swaim. I think, you know, Ferkser's a capable starting tight end, but you know what he's going to be doing primarily. It's, it's a bell and a whistle. I yeah yeah I 
I still put tight end pretty high on the Needless. Pos- position list uh, because of the way the offense is structured and and the dual threat that Jonu Smith evolved into for them. So uh, I, I tend to lean towards can't go all in with the gambling on the position right now for a year. With what they have. With what they have. I think they have to address it in the draft. Uh, but, but also... Uh, we're not saying that the draft pick is a better producer out of the gate than Ferkser can be. Because keep in mind, Jonu Smith took a while to get going because he was playing behind Delaney Walker. Well, here's the other thing. I think Swain signed for a year, and we know Ferkser mm-hmm. signed for a year. Yep. So you're not just talking now. Right. But we've got some long, they've got some long-range building to do. And if you don't get a tight end in this draft, then you're in the exact same position next year. And if Ferkser has a good year, he's going to be attractive on the free agent market conceivably. Well, I think we all agree Amani Hooker at safety is a player to bet on. Yeah, I'm not even considering safety as a need position for me. And not even a secondary need position for me. You've got your two starters in Bayard and Hooker. Uh, they've signed, I'm, not, I'm going to forget Farley. the name, Farley. He's a special and then, teamer. And then you've got Crookshank. Uh, I mean, I don't love that. The depth, problem with Crookshank is, like you're saying, injuries. is the injury. Like, the, you can't count on him for the full slate there. Um, so it's a back end of the draft type position of need. Where they'll often draft. I'm betting, I'm betting on, again, we're talking starters on the current depth chart and, and positions of need that are listed. I'm betting on Amani Hooker being just fine playing next to yeah. Kevin I Meyer. mean, to me, he's the one guy that was ready to graduate to a starting spot and is graduating to a starting spot. I think they wanted to do that last year and with Vicar. And they kind yeah. of were doing yeah. it some. And, and um, you know, I expect late they draft a defensive back who can play both safety corner. Yes. Well, it's, um, to quote one of our favorite shows, Breaking Bad, it, there's no half measures, I feel like. It, with the Titans, it's either – they have a position group that is okay to really good or that's lacking to desperate, right? There's a, a, I, I don't know that I can really think of one that jumps to mind because we're either talking about corner, pass rush, receiver, where you know you got to go add more and go do something, or then you're just, you know, you're asking some questions on other ones, but safety, they're fine. Running back, fine. Quarterback, fine. Uh, I think the right tackle discussion is a good one to it be is. had. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I'm not – those three big-time needs, I'm not looking at anything else outside True. of maybe tight end, maybe right tackle that's even close because it's either have or have not. There's no – there are some teams that where you have question marks about a lot of positions. To me, the Titans going into this offseason, this draft, there, there's no question mark. Well, some of it's You know down what the line. you need. You know like what you inside need. Inside linebacker. You've got two starters now. Next year, you've got no starters. Right. Well, and I, but again, I'm talking about specifically for this yeah. team right. this year, and I'm not looking at I know. salary at cap implications. Right. We're looking at the one year plan. Right. right. This which, year. which you have to, where they put themselves in a bad spot where they have to be looking at a one year plan. So, you know, a few weeks ago, we were debating uh, against others locally in Nashville that wanted to tell us that Nick Westbrook Aquino was a number two wideout. Uh, those same people in their mock drafts that they're told to do have them selecting a wide receiver at pick number 22. Bateman or Tony. Uh, after they've already dressed wide receiver in free agency, which should tell you that Nick Westbrook-Akina is not the number two option. He is on a depth chart, or was prior to the start of free agency. He's not going to be. 
because wide receiver has to be high on their list. Look, if Nick Westbrook-Akina has a great camp and turns into, you know, their wildest dream of Nick Westbrook-Akina, great. Can't bank on that. You, you can't not make moves because yeah, we're, you we're not that going to Matt, Matt Damon and rounders and putting our chips in the middle of the table. No, uh, with uh, with Nick Westbrook-Akina. Look, they absolutely have to have a number two caliber wide receiver out of this draft. Absolutely, um, and you know that guy to me has got to come in the first three picks, hopefully in the top two picks. When I hear NWI, I immediately think about uh, an airport. Uh, code. Sounds like a. Uh, I just looked it up. And the closest thing is NWK, which is Newark, Newark. New Jersey <laughs> airport. But I was hoping to come up with a nice nickname for the uh, Westbrook King that would just be the airport that uh, NWI is. Yeah, clearly he's not. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that the Titans are planning on Nick Westbrook Aquino, with all due respect to him, to be your second receiver on this team. Got to do something there. And that's why you, uh, Kadarius Tony is a name I've seen a lot for the Titans Bateman. at 22. Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Um, it, it makes sense to go. I just think that, again, if I'm ranking it, I'm still – and, guys, help me here if I'm completely off base. The defense was so bad a year ago. I can't look away from corner and pass rush as one-two. Needs to be either or mm-hmm. with the 22nd pick. Then you can address wide receiver. The one variable would be – that perfect wide receiver that you have way higher on your board is there at 22, and you know you're not going to get him in the second round. But it, to me, it's got to be corner or pass rush. What other people do may influence what you do. And there seems to be a little bit of a tone. I don't know if you're picking up on this, Hutton. And this is the copycat thing, right? Uh, and I'm not going to tell you Tampa Bay's corners off the top of my mind. In part, uh, that's the copycat thing. Tampa Bay's defense was made by what? The front, not the back. And, you know, if, if I'm picking, which, you know, the Titans have tried it back to front, right? It's only taken them so far. And when they were built back to front, they got to Kansas City and they were undone by being built that way. Um, so, you know, I'm of the opinion, try it the other way. Um, so uh, I would have zero problems with them going the pass rusher corners, at Paul, 22 if they had the right guy there. The current corners are past draft picks for the Buccaneers, Carlton Davis and Jamil Dean, to your point. And they're not household names. Go ahead, read the front. Oh, they're front. And we know they them all. Got right? after it, and they brought them all back. And we know them all. <laughs> well, Studs. And they produced. Right. And won them a championship. Um, any other what about uh, 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 Kevin Johnson? To me, Kevin I'm Johnson. not relying on him, and he's a new signee. They're much more optimistic about him than any outside people are, and then we are. Um, third edge rusher, I can't tell you who it is. I mean, Shane, Wyatt Ray and uh, Tuzar Skipper and Derek Roberson, same cast of characters. You know what Kevin Johnson is? Going back to the gambling anything. reference, it's you see you walk into a casino and you're playing the slots. And you see that woman that's like freight training a cigarette. She's got her card in there with the. She's playing multiple machines. Jackson got a harmonica style. Yeah, she's, she's got a card in, and it's got time. that cord attached to it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She's got her ID. Pop, you know, she's playing multiple machines. She goes broke. She cashes out. She gets her little slip for like three cents because you can't make anything less than you know. You can't bet three cents. She stands up, and you know, you're like, you know what? That Kevin Johnson machine right there. That's going to hit at some point. I got to sit down and play that. 
And that was the team, that was the, that was the Browns. The Browns tried that. And they've gone broke. And now the Titans are trying to do the same thing and convince themselves that that machine's going to hit. It's not going to. It's a terrific He's analogy. not a good player. I, I was. Uh, it's a terrific analogy. You attack him in but game. Play. I was. But I was thinking you attack him in they game. Play. I was thinking you were going to say Kevin Johnson is just one of the losing slot machines because <laughs> no, you're playing a lot of different this, options and n- none of them are going to win. The Texans were the first. The Texans were the old woman, freight trading the, the cigarette and used Kevin Johnson as the first round. At pick. least he was new. My, the the example I like to use is Mike Malarkey and Terry Rubisky. The, the offense that was made fun of at the time with Terry Rubisky game-planned against Kevin Johnson opposite Rashard Matthews and had success in Houston. And they never game-planned against anyone. That's all anyone. you need to know. And they never Don't buy the BS talk that Kevin Johnson is a starter on this defense. Yeah. I mean, if he is, if he is be the they, first big reclamation worse. project here ever. The other one that I wrote down, uh, Murchison and Tart. So they're your three-slash-four defensive linemen, right, after Simmons and Autry. Look, I think Tart's very promising, and he's the only real uh, uh, nose that's been established. How much do you need a a nose? You know, you're playing that in base. How much are you in base? He's promising, but you don't know about him in his second year. He didn't play that much. Um, you know, if you're hurt there, you need another. Murchison didn't do much at all as a rookie. Uh, you want to call on him less or not have big demands or expectations. They could still use a, a third defensive lineman that goes I, ahead of him. Could that be Daquan Jones, depending on what they do in the draft? $7 million is what he was making. That price is going to have to come down substantially. Good leadership, not a lot of penetration. Good rundown guy, uh, but you know I'd rather get more pass rush out of that spot at this point. Yeah, but can you do it just by finding another Laurel Murchison? You know, for the sake of this conversation, I'm looking at the first two days. They have four picks in two days. Yeah. Can you do it fourth, fifth round by defensive finding lineman. a fifth round Laurel Murchison again? Should. Uh, in which case, it's pretty low on the on the list of positions that we're comparing them to. Yeah, and I'm also not saying you have to replace Murchison. I'm saying you have to I know. add another piece. There's no there way they can go them. about this replace, uh, re- replacing Laurel Murchison uh, after investing the fifth-round pick last year. No. And, and having having the player of Tier Tart hit as a, bonus. as a bonus, that lessens the importance of Laurel Murchison, but not by much. I mean, it's time for him to kick it in gear. They need uh, second years out of somebody like Murchison, for sure. Um, I, I don't think we've left any position out uh, of among the Well, discussion. the one that would be a conversation, frankly, would be a conversation, but for everything that we've talked about here is Woodside. Mm. And, uh, you know, we haven't talked about Woodside at all. At all. And there were some upgrade options out there, and I think they just decide, hey, they like him. And they haven't been put in a situation yet to see bad out of him to change their mind. And then there's just so much other stuff to deal with that I, and then I don't who, think that these veteran options. They have Deshaun were, Kaiser back too, right, on a futures contract? Who's I'm with them this offseason? I'm not positive if he's under contract or not. Because they brought him in late in the year for the practice squad purposes. To replace your guy. Uh, Trevor Simeon. Oh, Trevor Simeon, that's right. Yeah, that didn't last very long. Hutton's twin. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted. Trevor Trevor Simeon was was just a dream. 
Um, and then they brought in Kaiser, and I, I believe he stuck on for a, a futures deal right after the season. So he's there through training camp, camp. with a chance to catch on um, if something were to go awry with Woodside. And those third quarterbacks, you know, presuming that COVID settles down, vaccines take over and everything, that desperation for a third quarterback for an emergency situation goes down. Yep. Um, and then there'll be a lot more alternatives on the market if you wanted a, uh, a better challenger for Woodside, conceivably. Coming up, significance of April 15th as a sports fan. Straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 wrapping up today across the Outkick network. Of course, Outkick the show with Clay Travis is coming up a little bit later across the network. You can join us on the show replay wherever you download your podcast. More exclusive content coming to the channels. That announcement coming early next week. We're really excited uh, to, to add to the show. Looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward tonight to the Nashville Predators on the road against the Hurricanes. That magic number is 22. 22 points needed with 12 games to play. But the good news, gentlemen, they currently have a 75% probability of making the postseason. We went all in with FanDuel, or at least two of us did. All in is such all, a big term. Yeah. I had $5 in my, my account. $5. I went all in. <laughs> um, no, it, tonight, 7 o'clock, are we going to gamble again? on the Nashville Predators at FanDuel.com slash OK360. Well, now I'll let you answer this question because you are one for one. Well, I'm one for on one. Reds bet. I, I'm curious to get Reed's take on this. Um, on we'll hear from him not, in 45 seconds. On whether or not he would bet his money on this game. They're plus um, one and a half. He's money saying, lines. No, keep in mind. Plus 152. Reed, by the way, just the did the Commodus from Gladiator thumbs down where he had it. Carolina's at the top of the Central. Down. So... As you look at the standings, they've been playing great hockey as well. But they're going to play back to back, so maybe we assess what happens tonight and then and then go all in on Saturday. (laughs) But look, right, bet while the uh, while the team's playing great. You can it's undeniable that they're getting great goaltending and that their their playmakers have really stepped up, even while some other guys have been banged up. I mean, I might um, bet on them getting one and a half, but it's minus one seventy eight. So what's the return on that? I mean, well, we we would have to. Bet you the, get the, the money point, on the spread, yeah. yeah. I agree. I'll tell you who not to bet on. That's the Atlanta Braves. The, that's uh, that's the yeah. team not to bet on right now. Just clip that for me, please. Use that as break content. It's April. Break this is, content. Uh, Chad is chasing very early in <laughs> April right now. Just every day. Eventually, there's going to be a breakthrough. Yeah. That four-game losing streak's about to turn into five, and then be who like knows where it goes the from Yankees. there. Just wait. Wait until they figure some things out. Weird start, though. They lose their first four. They win their next four, and now they've lost four in four. a row. Possibly so five four. in a row today. So then are they going to go on? A, it's just a weird. Then five and five. Then six and six. Not playing well seven right and now. Seven. That'd be a fun season. FanDuel.com slash OK360 for, if you're a new user, up to $1,000 risk-free bet available. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Paul, today, April 15th, Jackie Robinson Day. Marks the anniversary of uh, his debut in Major League Baseball. And I came across this from Darren Ravel, who I do not love his athleticism, but I do (laughs) love his tweets. This is a ticket to the game. 
I'm not a big memorabilia guy, but this would be a very cool piece of memorabilia from 1947. A ticket to Jackie Robinson's first Major League Baseball game. And I've got to tell you guys, I've touched on it before. I've got an 11-year-old boy. He is an athlete. He loves to play soccer. He loves to play baseball. He loves to watch highlights on YouTube. He does not watch sports, per se. He cannot tell you who's on what team. He's got Eagles stuff all over his room. It's really a tribute to his mother. It's not a tribute to his Eagles fandom. But his favorite athlete of all time is Jackie Robinson. And I made what I thought was a crucial error in showing him the Jackie Robinson movie. It's got to be two years ago now when we were on a, a road trip. 42. Road trip to uh, not 42, I don't think. I think the, the worst one. This, I mean, this one was not for a nine-year-old. This one had the Phillies manager, I mean, just I berating know another him. Jackie Robinson movie other than the Harrison Ford, um, the guy who just no. passed away, actor. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, yeah. I don't think this was hmm. that one. I'll, I'll give you more details tomorrow. I, I mean, there was so much N-word in this movie that I was showing a nine-year-old. I was just, like, the whole time second-guessing myself if it was a mistake. And this movie had so much impact on him and his, uh, his interest in the civil rights movement and Martha Lu Martin Luther King and beyond. And uh, it, it, it had an uh, unbelievable influence on him beyond anything I could have expected in the positive way, even as I talked to him for days afterwards about not repeating words that he heard in there and, you know, all the fears of, of even him trying to convey in a good way the story to a friend that could be somehow overheard or taken in a bad way or all of that. Uh, I'm, it's one of my proudest things about him that he saw this movie and got all the right notes out of out of what Jackie Robinson went through and that it's so important to him. Uh, I mean, the athleticism, aside from just the baseball impact, but outstanding football player, at all UCLA. in high school, uh, track. In, in college, that's right. And then you had uh, track, basketball, I mean, greatest athlete. Done anything. Yeah. anything, yeah. And... Uh, I love seeing all the 42s across yeah. Major League Baseball. It's a cool day for sure. Paul, are you talking about the Ken Burns documentary, Jackie Robinson? No. I just searched Jackie Robinson movies, and the ones that popped up, 42, a 1950 documentary, Jackie Robinson story, and Jackie Robinson, It must have been 42. Are you remembering it being as harsh as it was? It was, it was there were some scenes where in Philly yeah, he had problems. With that man. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's just because I was watching it through the eyes of a, of a nine-year-old at the time, but it was is rough, rough. He does love Chadwick Boseman, Joe Boseman also, so uh, that makes sense. I regretted that decision, but I do not regret it now. And he wears 42 when he can, though he's got another Jackie Robinson fan on his team who beat him to it uh, this season. So he wears double zero, which has no meaning. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Double no meaning. Double, double, double zero, double no meaning. I like that. Uh, guys, great job today as, as usual, looking at Lance Lee and Jakob Swanson, the Bath Salt Bandit, David Reed, the chairman of the board. Um, All good people. Becca and Emma and Sleepy Danny. Yeah, that's not mentioned. Sleepy Dan. Well, it's funny. He prefers Sleepy Dan, but Paul's not going to go with what he prefers. So he's, oh, you're I saying Sleepy Danny? I don't give a damn what he prefers. <laughs> there it I is. prefer he be awake. There it is, yeah. Consciousness. <laughs> you choose consciousness. And work. Yeah. Work product. Well, 
you know, maybe he's about to wake up and um, get the high C, get the you know the sippy cup, and go to work a little Capri bit. Capri Sun, <laughs> a nice Capri juice Sun box. afternoon boost. Nice he's gonna roll up his mat and put it in his cubby hole. <laughs> He's got to wipe the drool off of it, that plastic mat. <laughs> we get a star go. put on the calendar for the day, uh, taking the nap on, on time. Did somebody burp him? <laughs> Lance and Jakob have to go over there and do that in a few bits. You know. Jakob, go over and give him a diaper change. <laughs> <laughs> we are back at it tomorrow. Fun show today. Hit the podcast. Paul, where can you find the podcast? Oh, where can't you find the podcast? <laughs> I mean, come on. Everywhere. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us, and you should find us. Chad, you started the show pissed off for greatness. Were, were hats banged today? Hats were banged. Uh, <laughs> I end the show not quite as pissed off for greatness. So that's a good thing. We started started up here, kind of went down in terms of my anger, and now we've leveled out, which I think is a good day on the show. We talked about a guy whose uh, body was dense. That's new territory good, for us. Good density. <laughs> and, Paul, we officially end the show by saying? Do not block the box, but please, please, please. Lock the locks. There are people out there on acid who could break in.